count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. One of my favorite comedians right now is Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn puts me on my ass on a daily basis. So what I'm doing these days is I'm waking up 7, 7.30, going to bed around 1, 1.30, except on the weekends I stay up till the sun comes up. And um, usually each night I'm finishing, a bo- I'm doing a bowl of cereal with some Theo Vaughn. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how much of a genius this guy is. And what's what's turning me on to, to this right now is, is how to see people who are uniquely pulverized from the pandemic are actually still creating and still thriving and still putting out value to their fans and doing their own thing so they can still feel satisfied and grow within their domain of expertise. And he's doing just a fantastic job at it. And the dude is just such a stylized genius. And I had the realization that, indeed, like Fred Armisen was right, comedians are so much like musicians. And when you hear John Mayer talk about how, like, Dave Chappelle jams, it's true. Like, the way he finishes a phrase is likened to the way, in stylized degree it's likened to the way that george Strait would finish singing a line like that's a george Strait line if you hear george Strait sing it you know what i mean like jerry garcia playing guitar right now like you hear that that's jerry garcia if you know jerry garcia sounds like and it's like it's the idea of having a stylized output and that being the engine for what for what satisfies you satisfies your fans that is the lifeblood that's necessary but anyway the concept here is that he turned me on to this comedian, George Carlin. And I, of course, like, I was born in 95, right? So George Carlin obviously was, you know, I missed out on Andrew Dice Clay. I missed out on George Carlin. I didn't miss out on Eddie Murphy comedian, though. If you guys are looking for something to listen to, you must listen to Eddie Murphy comedian. It is insane. My dad turned me on to Eddie Murphy comedian years ago. And I just, that and like the Jerky Boys, just this 90s comedy. And it's like, <laughs> it's... It's honestly, it's so good. And what's funny about it is that it's so raunchy compared to now, but it still holds up, which like, it's funny to observe like the axioms of truth that we deem as valid from one decade to the next. Cause like in the general like scheme of humanity, like a decade must be what a paragraph at most on a page of life. That's not even a full page. You know, so it's funny to see these transitions happen. And it's like, well, I just turned 25 and I'm just starting to see now. I turned 25. I had a carrot cake in quarantine. I had a Betty Crocker carrot cake in quarantine with cream cheese icing that my mom made in a box of Merlot wine. Insane. He turned me on to George Carlin to see Yvonne. And George Carlin said this amazing thing that I realized can apply to everyone right now. Okay. Have you ever noticed, and this is George Carlin, these these are George Carlin's words, have you ever noticed that anybody driving slower than you is an idiot, and anybody going faster than you is a maniac? I'm, okay, 
And I'm just going to drink some coffee and let you think about that for one, two, three. Exactly. You know that that's real. You know that is real. And you know what that means? It means you compare yourself to people too much. And the only reason I'm saying that with this much confidence is because I compare myself to people too much. Do it all the time. It's actually, which is really strange, really strange observation. It's easier to do that now than it ever has been because now you're only stuck with what people are projecting their reality to be. You're only, that's only thing you're getting. We're getting, and this is a rare opportunity we have people, You have the opportunity to literally create your own reality because you cannot really leave your house right now unless you're an essential worker, of course. But you can't. You can't really go out and do your thing. So it's like you only are creating a world for other people to see. That's if you're sharing things on social media, which most of us are. Um, It's a rare opportunity. Do not compare yourself to others. What you're seeing is just a portrayed version of their lives, and you're portraying your own version of your life. So you get the, you actually get the freedom to decide how much honesty, dignity, character, morale, or whatever you can throw into your social media stream. And my God, do I wish I had a Cybertruck to throw in there. I would love to portray a Cybertruck in my reality. Maybe that's a little bit petty. But I'll tell you what, if I get that Cybertruck, I won't be noticing anybody else's speed except my own. (laughs) Okay, raise your hand if if you are Instagram. Just kidding, don't raise your hand. Do you subscribe to pick pick up beats? Pick up jazz? Pick up music? Do you ever go in the Explore page on Instagram? Well, then you have indeed been touched by the genius of Mr. Sam Blakelock. Mr. Sam Blakelock is the founder and mastermind, team builder. He is the dude, he is the boss of Pickup. Pickup is a fascinating anomaly within the social media landscape that we all dwell in, create and add value to and hope to aspire to conquer on these days. So it only made sense I'd sit down with Sam during this immensely odd chasm that is the quarantine and kind of talk about the story of how Pickup came to be, what his thought process is behind growing it, and also the hustle that it requires and then what are some of the things that the people listening can take away keep in mind and use to better their own experience in life okay enjoy it listen to it now mr sam blakelock all right all right on okay so where where are you presently i'm in uh, los angeles um, is that where you live yeah i just moved here a year ago um this time last year i was living in new york so um, my thoughts go out to all my friends stuck there. It seems pretty tough, but yeah. And you're in Nashville, right? I'm in Nashville. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nashville's fantastic. Nashville? Well, yeah. it's it's it was a weird time because I got to tell you, we had about a, either two to four week time, <clears throat> two to four weeks prior to the to the shutdown on the 14th of March, we had some of the worst tornadoes we'd seen in about a decade. And it killed close to 30 people. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about news. But yeah, 30 people died and it was terrible. So like a lot of like historic venues in, in East Nashville and architecture and homes. And all, here's, for example, how bad the tornado was. Um, the storms were. I There's like the hip part of town, like Silver Lake, like the Silver Lake equal to East Nashville, to Nashville, which is East Nashville. Um. Three of the houses that I've lived in there are literally all demolished. 
from the storm. Like they were, they're destroyed. Like they're no longer homes. As we that speak. sounds pretty bad. Yeah. I had no idea. That really was going bad. On. I'm sure there's all sorts of things going on, which we have no idea because it's just swept, swept away. You know, and like, we're blind to so many things in life. That's right. I sure am. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I, if I read the news and I get in a bad state of mind, so sometimes I just consciously avoid it, but that's probably not the best thing. So what are you doing right now in this time to stay in the, in the frame of mind where you can look yourself in the mirror each day? Oh, it's very difficult. It's, I think it, it's always difficult. You know, it's always like a balance, but I've started, I'm like experimenting with a lot of new habits. Some of them are sticking. I'm in my third week of trying the Wim Hof technique, which is this breathing thing, which uh, you might have seen a lot of YouTubers do. And yeah. It's tied to cold showers. That's going pretty good. It helps me keep a little bit sane and then exercise and then also being creative. That helps. I think anything helps. You know, I'm just trying Dang. to find out what works for me. And uh, yeah, a lot of people seem to be experimenting with, with things to, to help them get through this. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I, I haven't adopted any, any new techniques of, of a sort. My, my friend Taylor McCall, who's a fantastic singer songwriter, uh, told me about that very technique. He was opening up for us on the cosmic country tour. <clears throat> he was doing it like in his like days in hotel rooms. Yeah, like, it's very popular. Night and morning. Yeah. The, the, the founder it, says that it could help you not get coronavirus. So I don't know if I go to that extent, but. Um, uh, yeah, there's an interesting interview with Russell Brand where he says that um, he would be happy with being injected with the virus to prove his point. Wow, Russell. Yeah, wow. Wow. That's quite an intense statement. It's like, yeah. yeah. Hey, but you got to think, though. You got to think that at least if you're if you're literally instilling something in a time where, you know, I, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people, too, where they're like, now is the time for me to try X if I'm ever going to try it. That's right. Yeah. It's like, that's totally, it totally makes totally sense. Like great sense to do such a thing. I'm not the kind of guy, like I have to negotiate with myself. Like I can't just like say I'm going to do something and I stick to it. There's like a, there's like another layer to Daniel where it's like, he won't want to do it. If I intrinsically like, don't love doing it. It's like the things that stick for me is like, I love reading. Like I love sitting down and like starting the day with a French press and reading. What are you reading right now? Like, Okay, so I'm reading um The Grateful Dead annotated lyrics in full. I'm reading a book called um The Hippie by Paulo Coelho, and he wrote the um The Alchemist. Uh-huh. And then I'm reading a book called Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. And uh that's really it. And I kind of just skimmed through these books. Um yeah, I like reading them though. Just like 30 45 minutes in the morning. I think that breathing technique's like 15 minutes a session, right? Yeah, you do cycles and each cycle is about three, three minutes or so. And he recommends you do like three to five cycles, but sometimes I only have enough like willpower to do one or two. So, so what's your thought on willpower? Like, cause you have a pretty consistent stream of, of, con- of content that you put out into the world and I create content on a regular basis. I think you might know that. And so it's like, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of doing and it takes a lot of consistency have you developed a team around you that's helping you execute that um i'm sure you do maybe at first it was just you i'd love to hear more about your thoughts on that on that topic thanks for not coughing into the mic because i would have gotten sick (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't ever think about willpower, but I, I think of persistence and I like value that very highly uh, in myself and other people I work with. So I always think of like returning back to the same problem every day. Or if you're a guitarist, returning back every day to practice, chip away at it and like chip away at it for years. So that's the mentality I take to everything. Um, but for the, yeah, I have a team now. There's about seven or so people uh, part time and uh, mostly and re working remotely. Um, but it all started uh, one year ago. It was all pretty much me. And now it has grown where I can uh, uh, get other people who are more talented at that specific task to do it for me, which is a wonderful thing. But for me, it's a lot of learning about how to like delegate, manage, and also maintain consistency while working with other people. That's a big deal. Uh, so when did you start pickup? Uh, the, uh, first it was a website, um, and yep. then that was 2012. Then it was an Instagram page, 2014 and 15, cause I missed Google AdWords. Holy shit. So I was a bit late to all that. I'm, I'm sure you were, were you in on that before pre-social media? The idea was to make a blog and, um, put ads on it. No, not at all. I was into that at <laughs> you were, all. You were, how old were you? No. <laughs> I was 18 when literally I just turned 18 when I first got on Instagram. My friend Harrison Whitford and I were walking in New York City. We were playing um, Crossroads at Madison Square Garden. We were there with like Ernie Ball strings mm. and we were playing like the after party. <laughs> so they flew us out there and I just turned 18 and he illegally bought some cigarettes because he was 18 too. He was 17. And uh, he's like, have you ever heard of Instagram? I'm like, no. And then that's when that whole part of my life started. But um, it sounds like your your approach to starting on the platform was far more strategic. Oh, I wouldn't call it strategic. I think I'd call it lucky. Um, and How so? Uh, Timing-wise, being uh, fairly early, you, you as well. But I guess people say there's no such thing as luck as putting yourself in lucky positions. So there was a lot of that. So around the time I was reading quite broadly about social media marketing and like following uh, people who were experts on it and most of them weren't music related. So I was applying uh, their thoughts to music. This what are some of like the basic fundamentals flexing of those muscles that obviously genre aside, genre of business, it doesn't have to be music. It doesn't have to be parasailing, right? It could be anything. What are some of those things that that you think that you've been able to flex and really understand on the basic level? Yeah, there's a few kind of fundamentals which apply to all areas of um, social media and not just music. And I think the ones yeah. that I've always stuck to, this is through algorithm changes and through through everything, which I've thought about is making uh, content which is relevant for the audience and platform, which is very difficult. I find huh. that difficult on TikTok. I actually want to ask you about that because it seems like you're doing really well there. Um, yeah, so communicating the right language in the content and then um, the consistency consistency thing going back to actually the first point which is persistence it's like do it every day post five times a day on pickup jazz which is what i've been doing for five years um you guys post five times a day still oh that's the goal it, it's i mean across all the counts it'll be it'll be at least three a day wow wow um, and it could be as many as like six or seven a day um uh what else um no, those are the two main things. Yeah. Those are great. And, you know, so the thing too is consistency is kind of inarguable. Like anyone can identify consistency as soon as they understand ratio and they can understand basic arith arithmetic. But relevance, 
Now, that's more of a qualitative aspect that I think your particular mind was able to see and carve a niche out for. So what, how would you define, because here's the thing, Instagram, for all the guitar players listening, Instagram indeed has its own genre of guitar. And it's very much like that D'Angelico, sus for neo-soul sound, right? And it's like, that is the whole thing. And I feel like when I first started being hip, becoming hip to that genre of, of guitar, which I never was prior to Instagram, it was through your platforms. Was that something you had seen coming or was that because you were living in New York or was that something you had seen just through analytics of content you were posting? You're like, hey, this genre works. Let's keep posting this. And then it started spreading. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think there are sub genres within Instagram. It's not all mine and I and hammering on like the things with lots of reverb. Of course. Um, although that's what the the meme of an Instagram guitar player is, is all that. Um, for better or yeah. worse, probably worse. Um, but yeah, no, that genre of music. And I think actually a lot of people don't know where it comes from. It, it comes from like church musicians. And there's this thing called International Guitar Summit, which is run by this guy, Kevin Wilson in North Carolina and um, uh, in Durham. And that's been going on probably since 2012 and 13 at least. And this was obviously before Instagram. And so I was a fan of that style of music. And that was through my college. But then that spread onto Instagram. There were about four forerunners of the style on Instagram. And you would know all these guys. And they've since on gone to most of them producers now. But then after that, there's a huge wave. So it was something I was personally interested in. But also I, uh, I saw it was popular. Wow. And so the whole idea was initially what you've also been able to do is um turn it into a subscription based model that also has original content within the your own individual platform that's outside of Instagram. And I think anyone who has any large um asset of of a of currency of attention, uh i.e. followers on Instagram, that's something I noticed people consistently have a hard time translating over into a either lucrative or um very uh, efficient endeavor outside of the platform and you've seen to be able to do that it seems like you have i'm assuming like you have a great email list i'm assuming like you have a great amount of interaction you're in your, on your blogs and i might be wrong to assume these things and let me know and you guys offer all, also offer like master classes in which you charge uh, a, a fee for which is absolutely so fantastic and then you give away some of the content for free on instagram um how did that model start and how successful has that proven to be for you yeah, so that all came about um, because I got a business partner on board who had all the skills which I was lacking, which is met quite a few of them. Um, so he, <laughs> so you had a business partner on board. Now was that was that you? Sorry, not to cut you off. Was that you bringing him on, or she? Um, was that you bringing this this partner on, saying, "Hey, I, I'm starting to get amount of interaction that I feel like I could scale, and I'm not doing so efficiently myself." Or did someone approach it was a you? Bit of both. Mostly it was um, realizing that nice. I just wasn't good at a lot of things. And rather than trying to do everything myself, I gave um, a part of what I was doing away for someone else, which is how most businesses happen. But musicians, uh, it happens to musicians as well. You give away course. 10% to your producer friend or you get a violinist in for that. So it happens oh, yeah. for musicians. But uh, so that's what I did. And uh, they, this person, Cam, reached out to me and then, and then, um, I realized I need this person. And this was a year ago when we launched the membership. 
oh my gosh. Okay, but I've been a fan for more than a year. So you clearly already had the aesthetic of the brand down. You had communication with your fan base very much so down. So you're telling me only in 2019 were you, you have you brought since has you've brought on other partners? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Before that, it was, uh, I had the audience before I had a product, which is often the other way around. Usually you have this thing you want to sell it and then you, right. how do I, uh, where are the people I want to sell it to? But I had the audience and somewhat of a brand and then didn't know what the product was. And then I've since we launched that just over a year ago. Wow. And so what, what in a very, um, in a very quantitative and defined way have you, have you launched since then that you might not have yeah, done so it's otherwise? Just the membership, which is, it's a very simple business model and it's very popular both for artists and business. Very simple. Um, like, uh, artists through yeah. Patreon usually. And then businesses like 100%. Spotify are doing it. Also Amazon through Prime. So we just charge six a month and they get access to everything. And then, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Are you guys? Yeah. No, no you're we good. just keep My throwing um, ingredients in the pot. We just keep hiring people. And so it just, yeah, it's honestly, it's a lot of fun and it's pretty much the dream job. And I'm very fortunate to be in it. Now, how fantastic is what a point to arrive at here, which is it's really fun. I would love to have heard about a time when I bet pickup jazz was frustrating, but still always ultimately fun and meaningful in your life. Yeah. I, I mean, most of its history has been, um, just a lot of fun, but no, uh, I mean, last year I was working in New York city part-time in a marketing job and playing like four gigs a week. If I'd been in that position during this uh, coronavirus, I would be out of work right now. I'm probably back in New Zealand. Oh my God. Okay. So you're from New Zealand. I love New Zealand. I want to go so bad. Oh, oh my how's God. your family? New Zealand's doing? great. They just they went into quite a full lockdown, and they're just getting out of that in in four days. Um, oh yeah. So I think yeah, it's probably one of the best places in the world to be during this crazy time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you think? Um, so you told me you're working a marketing job. Okay, so that's fantastic. Were you working for an established agency, or was it was it a smaller? It was a uh, nonprofit actually, a music nonprofit. Um, so it was pr pretty chill. Um, although it was still New York, so it was intense, but it was, it was a laid back thing. It was a Carnegie Hall. Ooh, yeah, that's fantastic. Where in, in New York are you living? Ooh, man. Where in LA are you living now? If you, if you care to East disclose side. the sector. With all the musicians. No. <laughs> Nice, man. Nice. I love Eastside LA. I love Eastside LA very, very, very much so. Um, so have you been no, to Fred 52? Oh, Donna? No. I that mean, vegan diner? Spot. yeah, it's the center of veganism, yeah. isn't it? Over here. You're saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever seen the, uh, the oh, Source family documentary? You, you, so it's really fantastic. It's about, it's not quite Manson. It's not quite Manson terrible, but it's, um, it's just about a, um, you can actually still go to the restaurant. It's called the Source Cafe. And, um, it was a, a, a group of people that were really, you know, whole foods, plant based, holistic people. And it, it just grew into a scene in which there was one guy centered around it all and it got crazy. And, but they ended up making like 60 plus LPs that they all self produced and put on their own label, which looking back in time, that's kind of what everyone's doing now. But it, it was like this odd West LA hippie 
uh, cult that originally started doing it, you would yeah, probably look them up. See if um, they deliver. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they do. I think Source Cafe totally does deliver. Yeah, a hundred percent. Source Cafe is so good. They have like um. I, are you strike me as a kind of a healthy well, eater? Is that correct? No, I'm, not bad, I'm not bad. They have some vegan options. Funny enough, you know, <laughs> did you know Burger King was actually the first company to pick up the uh, the largest contract for a uh, a plant based uh, product, which was uh, the Beyond Meat Burger. Not that anyone really cares, but it's a weird fact. So, dude, I'm fascinated to hear about the idea of how were you able to capture all the original content that you did prior to 2019? Was that you doing it yourself? The original stuff, yeah. I just learned how to video. And then I was really fortunate to have a friend, Merrick Winter. Everyone should check him out. He's now doing music stuff. He's moved on from video, the video world. Um, so I just worked with him and he taught me a lot. And I learned about the gear and did it. But the original content only really started like a year and a half ago. First, it was the secret shows, which we did all around the US. And that was with, with Merrick. And then, um, and then I started doing it myself. And I still do a lot of it myself. That is wild. So what are you doing now in this, in this time where I'm assuming most of the content production has slowed down and you're more like in this exploitative phase or, or, or are you not? Yeah, we are you got guys a still good creating? pipeline, which is um, already filmed. And then we're working with right. artists like, like yourself who have video setups for smaller lesson pieces. Um, cause, uh, but then for the master classes, that's kind mm -hmm. of the, what it's all about. Um, and that's a bit more difficult, obviously, because I can't be in the same place as the person, but we're, we're figuring out ways around that. And one of them is exploring, um, making it more audio based. So, so the artist is talking about something and we have diagrams, uh, on the screen. And, but hopefully, you know, the way things are going in, in a month or so, um, with, with more testing and that, it should be fine to do in person things, um, with people in LA, at least. I don't think we'll be flying out people, uh, anytime soon. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. That's totally oh, all over. Your whole team is based in LA? Wow, that's crazy. So camera yeah, crew and all. Yeah. I got all the camera gear in my apartment, though. I have Man, this really small wild. apartment, um, and it's all just sitting up in my living room. So I wake up in the morning, and, and there's like a camera pointing at me. It's a bit, it's a bit much, really. <laughs> yeah, if you're not into that sort of thing, right? <laughs> you know, Katy oh, Perry oh, did it though, and it worked. Yeah, she did. I think it was like a 72 hour oh. live stream of her life. Oh my God. Or 24 hour live stream. Yeah. Insert oh, um, noise of keys rampantly typing. Like, I, I know you play guitar <laughs> and I know you do a lot of other things. Um, like, what do you, how has it been going for you this time? And, and what are you focusing on at the moment? It's been. It's been wild. So right before that, all this happened, Robin Ford and I, yeah, I love um, him. He, went and, are you familiar with Robin Ford at all? The guitar player? He is one of the absolute best. He was one of the first players I ever heard of. We made a record together. He produced a record for me. And um, we did that in December. We did a live, cut it with my band, the Cosmic Country Band. He produced it in 12 songs. And we were going to put it out. Um, pretty soon, but then the coronavirus 
pandemic slowed everything down in an immense way. So we're still figuring out what to do with that record. We're going to put it out sooner than later. Um, all of our tour dates got postponed to the fall, which I'm, I'm worried are going to keep getting pushed back, but they're pushed back to the fall, but it was great. We were selling like, we were selling out shows like on our second time hitting markets. Like, you know, and it was, it was a fantastic run. And it just kind of feels like I was just re- like that feeling of like, uh, like if you were to run down the halls of your, of your, uh, of your small LA apartment, someone just kind of opens a door and it just hits you in the face and you just kind of you fall back on your ass and you say, well, what can I do? Um, fortunately, I live really close to my parents. They have a mother-in-law house right behind their house. So like my cost of living is really nilch. And, um, it's just about creating right now, just writing more songs and learning songs and putting up content and, and doing that whole thing. And everyone's kind of in the similar giant boat. Um, so the thing that I'm feeling right now is I'm just loving to get as much insight as I can on how other people are processing this and how other people are perceiving the situation and then acting on it uh, moving forward. And I'm noticing it's the people that have the optimistic perspective and are coming up with plans on how to move forward or the people that are seem to be like making actual progress in this time. Um, which, which seems to be kind yeah, of what I was what thinking you're about doing, this. Precisely. I think if you're healthy and then also if you're not really stressing about rent, whether that means you're living with your parents yeah. or you have low overheads or you have a bunch of savings, then it's kind of, there's the opportunity to think about ways to make the most of this. But I, I know a lot of people who, who can't get past those two steps, but, um, so yeah. Right. I know it's wild, man. It's absolutely insane to think if you were to have a large overhead or if you were to, you know, your sole income is from touring, which is what so many musicians are, are, are dependent on. You're just uniquely polarized. It's, um, it's this, it's this odd feeling sometimes too. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like the scope of actually just how small you are, like of just like how minuscule your worries are in the, in the contrast of the, ultimate perspective of life and what society has on its plate at any given moment that is so humbling you mean as a musician like or just feeling that, that as you every day oh both yeah absolutely both like even the idea too of like it took my agents about 72 hours to rebook my tour but like you know my agents work with artists who are a little bit larger and they're talking about doing 21 and 22 like well that is as a crazy endeavor to be to have the ability to plan your life out two years from from this day it's like what an absolute dream but yeah also largely in the sense of the personal and largely in the sense of the personal and um it's this kind of idea too where like i've been thinking about this too where it's like why am i still so worried about certain things that are affecting within the my immediate purview of life when really like i have friends who are nurses like i should be worried about my friends who are nurses i should be worried about my friends who are like just did a five-day shift. Like, that's insane. <laughs> to be worried about a record over a five-day shift is like, there's like this odd level of narcissism that I'm having. Yeah, to totally. It's, I don't it's know if like you can relate to that. Very to in that your face. And I guess if you lock yourself inside and, st- and make music, then you can avoid that confronting this this reality that musicians are. I mean, we were the, the touring musicians, at least, were the first on the chopping board before like bar, t- uh, bar staff and... Um, travel people this was and we thought we were unique in that situation i remember shouting out a lot of musicians to help them get skype lessons um but then since then obviously it's affected everyone so it's um 
musicians were one of the first to go, which is um, interesting when you think about it. Have you guys noticed the surge in it, in, in attention and yeah, interaction within your, across within the, the board? Platform, I was reading some though, figures. I think social media is up at least by 20, 30%. I, I know uh, streaming games is up by like at least 30, 40% like on, on Twitch. So those numbers, um, convert to websites and then also conversions for us. So it's like a third, 30% more people are online and, and engaging at least. That's right. It's interesting to see how and that's it'll, just for now. How yeah, how it would Which play is absolutely out. Wild. Um, right. Yeah. Are you so are you sorry, I was gonna ask I wanted to use this opportunity to ask you some questions. So are you focusing on uh, writing songs and Please. your artist stuff or are you doing like educational things and like sponsored posts for companies and, and brand deals or, or what how are you mostly using this time or is it are you still freaking it out? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have the time really. to do both. I have the time to do both. So, yeah, so I do both. I mean, uh, so the thing is, is um, it's hard to see here, but directly behind me is um a green screen setup. So my dad and I do all of our content. So at least for the most part, so we can do, we film two to three times a week. And that if we go for two hours a time, we have ample amounts of content to post. Um, so that's totally fine on our front, staying creative there. Um, I'm really wanting to go and move forward to YouTube. Um, I feel like in regards to like the single, the single man show, um, as opposed to having an entity, like the idea of moving things on over to Patreon and Instagram, Patreon and YouTube is felt as, as well as like an internal source, like an email list, et cetera. Um, of course, like the biggest trophy, the biggest goal I have ever is to just do hard ticket sales which we were doing, but aside from the, from the pandemic, we don't have the ability to do so. But so I've just been focusing my efforts on when I think, you know, five, seven, 10 years down the road from now, where, in, where Instagram might be, it's like, you know, TikTok's going to be in a different place than it is in an immense, immense, big, large, large way. But like YouTube is like literally never going anywhere for forever, forever and ever. So it's like, putting kind of moving some eggs over from the Instagram basket into other places has been a motif of mine in regards to the content I've been creating. And I'd love to hear some yeah, of your thoughts you on that, but you said you had some questions too. So I don't know or and your listeners as well. 100%. Yeah. And I'm definitely no person because I actually don't have a large amount of followers on TikTok. Um, in regards to the actual potential that the platform is giving people on, on a, on a low investment cost, i.e. two to three posts, you see people getting a quarter million followers. Um, so the biggest thing is, um, that TikTok offers is that first and foremost is that it's not, it's, it's not an American platform. It's a Chinese platform. Um, Dailing, Dailing is the company, um, or was the original TikTok app. And, uh, the biggest thing about TikTok is, is, is that if you look at Chinese culture, it actually is reflective of this where they're very, they're very into salient, i.e., uh, clean, um, fast consistency. So like clean, fast consistency. And that all boils down to one word that's known as verticality. Um, and so every piece of real estate matters on TikTok. What the backdrop looks like, what you look like, what you're wearing and how fast your videos flow. 
and the consistency in which you put them up. And um, also how long that they'll service a video is way different and how they service a video to with the algorithm is way different than Instagram. Um, question here, do you guys notice that you'll have a piece of content that might be giving you good returns for on two weeks consistently? Or do you no, notice yeah, that there's like a 72-hour explosion? Right, yeah, it it doesn't usually last beyond that. Oh, no, you're right. No, if there's an active comment base and people are tagging each other, then that'll extend the life to maybe like three or four days, five max. But mostly it's just a um, a 12-hour thing, 24 at the most. Okay. Oh, sorry, Instagram. So oh, right. On TikTok, you'll see... No, I know. I'm telling you on, on TikTok, you'll see. Interesting. I should check my TikTok. You'll I see something from November. Still no idea. I tried to replicate it, but it didn't work. Uh, 30,000 views. Okay. So the fact that you replicate, the fact that you tried to replicate it though is the path to take. And so what TikTok does is actually they, what they, what's really great is, um, the biggest thing that, that they do that aside from that, they, they really tip their hat and they reward you being the same person consistently, which Instagram kind of does, but also does not. Like Instagram likes a wild hair. Instagram likes like if you post a video of you playing guitar in your room, it likes if you post a live video, it likes if you post, you know, a photo of what you ate for dinner, right? Like you might not lose followers. It might not be your highest service video, but they won't, they won't punish you. TikTok really likes it when you post the same thing like as, as often as you can if you can be the same kind of uh compartmentalized version of yourself or your brand then the better off you're going to be and the best example that i can tell you as to how I, i've been how i can kind of prove this theory yeah are you familiar with the concept uh of the content mukbang yeah i've seen the one of the live squids mukbang is fucked up fucking weird right Dude, I cannot stand it. It's really weird. And I don't like to like blatantly curse that often because like there's better uses of the, of the language, but like mukbang's kind of fucking weird. Like it's just really odd and it makes me feel strange. Um, uh, my nine year old sister loves mukbang now, but like, so if we look to old dailying accounts, we see a lot of content that's being taken from dailying over to TikTok and performing just as well. So it's content that's. Dailing is seven years old. So there's content that's like that old that's still getting millions of views today on TikTok. And it's the same content. And mukbang, if you look at traditional mukbang accounts on, on TikTok, it's the same women with the same backdrop, same color, wearing the same makeup, doing kind of the same thing each day. They just might be eating something different. But it's like, that's the whole idea is that you can have this adjective known as verticality is, uh, that's the biggest thing you want tied to your videos. Now, when you perform well on TikTok, you have a, um, what is the term? Uh, I forget the term off the top of my head right now. It's been a long day, but basically authority. Your account is being given authority. And so again, it's the idea too. If you, if, if you win some, you lose some. It's not that way on TikTok. Like if you win some, you win some. Like you keep winning. So if you get one video that gets you on a roll and then you get another one that gets you on a roll, now you're on a roll times two and then times four and times eight. And you can see it too if you trace people's account. But again, long-winded answer going back to something. Variety, like Instagram probably won't shadow ban you for, for a good while. TikTok won't shadow ban you. They'll just straight up zombie your account, which is actually them 
giving your account no why, views. They the actually will give your account that. zero views. They will not show it to anybody. And that's a real thing that happens. I don't know. I'd, li- I'd be lying to your face, which I definitely do not want to do to someone who I respect as much as you. I cannot say, I, I have no idea, but I have had one video. So basically, I've had two videos. I've had one video that gets no views, zero views, and it scared the hell out of me because I thought they zombied my account and turned me off. And the second one, I only got 13 views. And it turns out that TikTok, rightfully so, is really, really, really against people trying to um, spam advertise. They really only want to take a conscientious advertisement. So they're only, they're really only about targeted ads. Hence, they don't like when you upload videos that already has text in it. If you're going to have any text in the video, liking to adding text to an IG story, great. But if you're going for like a YouTube thumbnail style video that already has text pre-built into the MP4 or into the video file, they will, they, they really dislike that. Like they really hate it. Um, of course you see it with like bigger corporate accounts, which I'm sure have some inner connections in dialogue with the platform. But like if, if pickup jazz were to go on there, the and thing that I would do is I would just like get the same thing. Can analyze backdrop, the video and recognize the backdrop. I don't know about that now. So there's, I've been listening to, there's this one YouTube account. I cannot remember his name. It's like Max something. He talks about, um, I've actually also spoken to somebody who went and worked for Facebook and went to the TikTok headquarters. And he said, literally, there's actual still, like still manual um, attendance over the content. So there is, like if you picture in your mind, there literally is a group of people looking over a lot of the content, which is kind of factory worker-ish-esque like vibe, which you're, but it's, it's not far from the truth. Um, and also the way in which TikTok sells data and collects data is way different than, than all the other platforms aside from YouTube. Like a big thing that you, that they care about is bounce rate. Like they actually care about if there's a three second view, a five second view or a full view, or if there's a repeated view. Um, that's a really big deal to them. Um, where Instagram from, from what I have seen is not the biggest deal. The, yeah, an um, interesting thing so is yeah. that most people think I of think TikTok as right dance there. challenges, but say? it's big enough now that there's niches for you to just do your thing if that's guitar and just do it consistently, not at all. which I think put a lot of people off. Cause I see actually guitar players going on there and dancing or, or like, or like <laughs> doing like silly videos, which is fine. And maybe that you'd reach a, a larger audience, but I guess so, uh, what are your thoughts on that? It should be. Should it be guitar? You, you, if you're a guitarist, that's what you do on other platforms. You should continue to be yourself or should you jump on the trends and, and make silly content around that? It's funny, right? I think it just depends on the, th- the potential of who you are as a person. Um, so if I'm answering to Sam, uh, I would say do what Sam does, right? Like do what you do and be honest with yourself. But like I would say if you were talking about pickup, as niche as possible. Cause honestly, like neat, like pickup is very niche. Like it's, it's guitar. Um, and it's shot in a specific way, but it's mainly electric guitar. Right. And, and, and tell me if I'm incorrect in that, but like if somebody who loves Tommy Emmanuel and loves Chet Atkins and, and loves Tony Rice and, uh, players of that caliber, they might not get the most bang for their buck by, by only subscribing to someone like pickup. Like I feel like you guys have done a really great job of kind of identifying your, your target listener. Um, how would you, how would you, how would you scope the niche, uh, 
broadband dynamic of what pickup does. Like, yeah, that's do you, a really like, do you have point, an idea of what makes something pick up and what is, makes something not very pick up? Narrow. Um, and that's kind of goes back to your first point, which is that, that neo soul uh, gospel thing. So that, that is the yeah. style and the, the level of guitar player would be, uh, like, uh, 18 to 25 year old, the typical Instagram guy who maybe didn't get into college or couldn't afford it or is just starting college or, or, and obviously it's broadened as the audience has grown and the membership has grown and the ceilings, we're always conscious of the growth of, of the, the Instagram accounts and then also the membership, we are expanding that. But it wouldn't make sense for a, a hardcore acoustic fingerstyle person to join our membership because we only have one class out of 25 which focuses on that topic. But the idea is obviously start, we have started narrowing, we're broadening it. So we're going country, we've, we did like a slide thing, we're doing more rock stuff, uh, John Mayer. We, we have a lot of blues now, so blues guitarists would get value from us. But, oh wow! Um, there's still a lot we haven't done, and also in terms of level of difficulty, we're we're broadening. We can't go much more advanced because we're at the ceiling, but we're uh, broadening downwards to to more beginner levels. Well, and that's where the that's where the that's right. rabbit and hole it's can actually in its own way. fulfill its potential um, because you can never be too simple, simple and, and basic because it's a lot of people doing that. So we just started very narrow, and I th I think that's that's good approach if you're making music or you you're doing business or or anything is is rather try and be the best at everything. Just pick one small thing and then and then um, uh, expand horizontally. hundred percent, my friend, right? Like you think of a skyscraper, it doesn't get, it doesn't start taking up more blocks. It only starts taking up more airspace, yep. Yep. Really only more headroom. Like it only gets taller. It doesn't necessarily get wider. And like, that's the realest thing. And it's like, um, the idea too, which is like, people aren't, people are smarter than we give them credit for. Like people are like, they really will dig the guy who can hang at the guitar summit. And they'll, they'll listen to him play and they'll subscribe to what he's doing. We're like, most like, you know, in the town that I came from, um, that was not the vibe. Like it was the simpler, the better. And so you can imagine how like people at school handled me. Like it wasn't quite like the admiration that one might expect for someone who was really driven and loving guitar. But as soon as I was able to get my skills into Nashville, you're like, oh wait, people actually like do appreciate like a really realized and like focused form of art and like self, self expression. So. I think the same thing is on TikTok. Like that was my my answer going back to it. It's like, I think you just be you and then you'll find your culture. Um, maybe at first though, it was all young girls wanting to dance to Yummy by Justin Bieber, right? But it's like, what's another fascinating thing too is like 2C Slide is the first or it's the second song to get over a billion, um, over like a billion interactions. Like, in, I don't mean interaction in like, like impressions, I mean, like interaction, like in the sense, like it's been used like a billion times, like in the video, which is literally insane. Um, so it's like we're talking about songs are starting to now have a different form of charting. Like, okay, sure, it debuted number one on the radio, but it also got like a billion videos made about it. Like, which is more powerful? And like, l let's scale that to the future where like, my nine year old sister who has TikTok but not Instagram. Because she does, she thinks Instagram is for old people. It's like, what happens when she's 18? Yeah, it's like a, like a dark like, cloud. What will it be over then? So it's I like, need to get back on the TikTok. Do game. you guys ever think yeah. about that?
Do you think it's exactly the same as uh, the Facebook Instagram transition <laughs> and how people pick up and Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, but here's the fascinating thing. YouTube's Not YouTube. Like the, the uncle YouTube in the will never go age. anywhere. YouTube is staying around for the rest of humanity. Like, unless something terrible happens. Right? Or it's just like the, yeah. Or it's like that family member where you're like, your grandfather goes to talk to him about World War One. You go to talk to him about YouTube some 90s Nickelodeon, and then he can talk to your seven-year-old sister like about Story the Explorer. What, what, what do you think about YouTube guitar culture compared to, I don't know, like Instagram guitar culture or what other guitar online, uh, I guess it's forum based guitar culture. That's probably a thing. Uh. I don't participate that. I like Reddit. I like Reddit when it comes to, um, when it comes to forum based interaction, Reddit has a karma based approval system. So the more that you're ranked up by other people within the community, you're giving more status. I notice traditional forums are not that way. Traditional forms just the person who posts the community? most can, can uh, simply be oh. on top of everybody else. And I think that's kind of bullshitty. Yeah, absolutely. I'm involved in se several Reddit guitar communities. Um, I love the jam band world because that's my main niche of music that I create. I'm kind of, that's what Cosmic Country is. It's a combination of jam band music with country music. And so being from Nashville, but loving the Grateful Dead, et cetera, I, I, I try to stay plugged into that community. And I'll tell you, you kind of get like a three to four week preview trailer well of what happens within a culture on Reddit before you see it on Instagram. I thought Reddit. Yeah, absolutely. Older. With guitar, uh, guitar is kind of also like and male, right? Mainly, totally does. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. I don't know, but. I notice, like, especially yeah. when it comes to cultural movements, like talking about things that might not be applicable to guitar directly. Um, Reddit's definitely the place where, like, you'll get like an inside peek or you'll hear honest, thoughtful reviews. It's a place to go for to like hear an actual review of something. You know what I mean? And, uh, behind the scenes knowledge you might not have known before. Like, if you're a John Mayer fan, like, you know, people who have like, been studio assistants on some of his albums are talking on there and it's like well, that's kind of cool to hear about that um but i do find instagram guitar culture skews younger skews like 18 to like 35 is what i see and then i see youtube of course it's kind of all ages facebook is without question getting into the older range tiktok is both but tiktok you have the potential to reach a lot of young 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 kids who like you just freak your music and like that's the crazy thing like i have like we noticed it too on this tour, this past tour that we did, where it was like girls with X's on their hands because they weren't allowed to drink coming to the show. And it's that's like, amazing. Well, you that's definitely that, not because um, of like my cosmic country that, videos you know, on YouTube. That's yeah, because, because of you, I guess it hasn't been around that long, but um, you, you on it so long enough on TikTok that is to see people actually coming out in real life. Yeah. That's the thing too, where again, that's the elusive thing to me that I respect anybody who can do, but I, I how can what, you turn somebody who's a number on your phone that connection into between, somebody who um, you can shake their on hand your phone in real, in real life? But once you do see it and you see the power of what is on your phone, then, then it's kind of, uh, very inspiring and, and very, and you keep pursuing it. But I think a lot of people don't reach a threshold where they get to actually see that it is connected and it's the same thing. Um, especially now, now that we're not going to be back in, 
real per and uh, in real life with other people to see the mm. the effects of developing online um, presence. But um, I've seen the and Instagram in particular, like really impact touring musicians and be quite amazed when, when people turn up and be like, I follow you on Instagram. Now I'm here to see your show. And like you're saying, now it's happening on TikTok. I didn't realize that was happening. Oh. So that, that's awesome. That is. Yeah. Well, it's indeed happening too for like, if it's happening to like me, it's like I'm seeing it like people like getting publishing deals in Nashville because they have followers on TikTok. Like, I have a very small amount of followers. I think I have like 22,000. Like that's kind of really nothing. Like, which is funny too, because we have these enormous numbers on TikTok and it's like 22,000 very small, but we get great interaction on the post, which I kind of always seen that. So the numbers, at least for me, like answering your question is like, should you try to do dance phases and, and not societies or my numbers have always told me just to kind of be myself. And, um, when I'm not being myself, my content doesn't do as well, but when I'm being myself, my content doesn't do as well. That's all right. Because if I, if I be myself for long enough, I get something that hits and then I love the process. Um, have you guys started moving in that direction this, at all? Are you uh, making this moves? Chat, Are you just um, kind of watching I want to get back onto it because I've working. stopped and started with TikTok and also playing around with, is it Sam Blacklock or is it pick up and what, what would pick up look on, look like on there? I would find it a lot easier to do my person stuff. I thought it'd be vocalist. Yeah, totally. I had the idea instantly not to run anything by you and seem like a guy who knows what he's talking about. Like, cause I'm not suggesting I do at all, but vocalists, like vocalists are absolutely ridiculously big on TikTok over guitar players. Like, I don't know if you guys could expand the pickup world into having a, a page on TikTok that'd be exclusively that, but that would definitely be the game. Uh, that was one thing, and I'll let you go after this, and, and let me know if you do got to go, but I just have one more question, which was, um, how do you balance Sam versus Pickup? Because I'm sure the initial dream was to be, like, fulfill Sam and, like, and, and like do that to the highest degree, and but now it seems like TikTok's all, or um, it seems like Pickup is a fair amount of your time and what your endeavors yeah, energy are question. going into. So I just wanted yeah, to kind of get into the, the psychology and like the way you think about, uh, about that. Personal brand versus the company. And I think this would relate to people who, yeah. if they, if you think of your artist as um, like a professional brand sure. and then there's you yourself, which is separate to it. Some people might think of that as combined, but it's quite similar um, challenge to that. But I find a lot of creative, um, uh, creativity in the pickup business. So I've actually neglected my personal brand and personal creativity because I actually, actually business is a very creative thing. Um, now I'm trying to find more balance because I think I, mm. well, uh, oh how is business uh, creative uh, for people who haven't really ever mm. endeavored into it? There, or oh, music is, oh, for music you. is, right. Sorry. Let me see my thought. Um, <laughs> uh, um, that's all good. Like the way you could, you were talking about like communicating in, yeah, in a relevant exactly way to, to, to culture. It, it's, and it's like, I'm sure uh, some creativity like has to be same, involved in um, that brain muscles when I'm, um, when I'm doing business stuff and a lot of business is like kind of gritty, persistent stuff, like just dirty work. Um, which I think relates to creativity. It's all about like consistent habits and just getting out there and practicing your scales or 
or learning how to use a brush and just really small things. It's just a lot of small things. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm trying to get more back into the personal brand stuff because it's, it's a lot of fun. I actually recorded an EP this weekend of four instrumental songs. And so I'm going to put that out because I've only released one song ever. So are you, are check you, out those. Oh, yeah. I'll send them my last list. Thank Awesome. Okay. Hey, well, hey, send me some of those and I'll put them in the music for the podcast. These are first take and, um, solo guitar are these, instrumentals. Like, program tracks that you're creating long, within your so doll and your not going to change the world, but bit of fun that's great i do that every day on my patreon i i do 15 minutes of instrumental guitar every morning it's how i start my day yeah oh it's it's easy as fuck but it's like you just turn on the looper and it's like it's a way to like kind of like cleanse and start the day and um i guess it's yeah, my version I'm sure of some of them are really great and maybe it could be and it's really soothing fully, and now i have like over 60 of them as, all the time they turn into songs and that's the funny thing too i'm sure you've noticed when it comes to creating is like sometimes like it's the like joe rogan talks about too where it's like ideas are kind of like another form of yeah, they're almost separate entities like they to kind yourself of seep their way you into your consciousness and it's like your idea, job and then they, to like you can bring either help it grow or you can just leave it as um, it is but the idea so is just that getting is, it out there rather than trying to do something big like giving birth to a big idea not that i know anything about that What what hits you when you see a great player? Because you and I probably get sent so many videos of people. I would love to know, what do you think, aside from numbers, tells you that, man, this guy, I reckon you girl, tell a lot by someone's face they are playing. At, at, at how the relaxed truth. they are. Like, what makes you, you identify really that truth to somebody? If there's meaning behind it. Like, an example would be, I, I run this emerging artist fund and there was like 400 entries or so, which I looked through and yeah, totally. you can within like half a second, look at someone's face and tell if they're meaning what they're saying, even if it's a cover or even if it's instrumental. I mean, I make the stupidest faces ever and I think my face is absolutely awful. So not saying that I know how to do it, but I think you can, you can tell a lot. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> And it's not related to their level so of musicality. You can be kind of real. starting yeah, out you with can guitar, tell but somebody's say something kind of very sincerely and, and mean it. And like, out, you could be out of time, out of tune, but if you're like saying it, then, then it'll have an impact. Now here's oh, a question I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> that, that. I hope doesn't shed negative light on my last question. And this will be my last question, I promise. Is um that's yeah, real. Do you think that culture gives the right numbers to what is meaningful? Or do you think sometimes we don't listen with that part of our mind and we just look for numbers and we we keep resharing that guy's video because, well, this person already reshared it, whatever. Or do you think we actually do like as a community as a whole, as a guitar culture as a whole? Do you think we really do put those people on a pedestal who, uh, who I reckon, are speaking with meaning? Uh, and to what degree do you there. see that It's happen? very easy to, to bullshit your way through things. Um, 
and that could continue for like up to five years and you could get very, very big with that. But I think that that sincere musicianship and really talented people is, is always, always there. Um, uh, and, and often there'll be the rare case. Uh, yeah. Often there'll be a rare case. Great, great wording, Sam. Often there'll be a rare case <laughs> where they're talented and good at communicating. And there's people like that. I mean, I would talk about someone like Anderson <laughs> Peck like that or <laughs> Liana Le Havis or, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Wolfpack, I'd put in that boat. Uh, Great. Oh. Yeah, the guy's a genius. I think I saw him at Trader Joe's in Eagle Rock. Dude, those guys anything, are though. great communicators at, on all fronts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We've all not said something to that one guy or girl that we really want to say something to. You were talking about communicating effectively to culture what do you think that is is that just like you reading and seeing what people are saying and trying to fit your way into that dialogue or how do you communicate just within the format of instagram something officially to somebody and that's me really asking yeah, for people who are Christian, trying to build an audience or are still trying consuming? to like break that like, do you need 000? to consume something to understand it to speak in that same voice because that's something i challenge with I, I find challenging is like limiting the amount of stuff I consume, but I can't not look at my phone because I want to stay like tuned into to culture. So I think that's an important part is consuming it and then talking the same language, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, but I spend way too much time on my phone. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's really bad really? in my headspace. I went back to New Zealand for a, Okay, you don't month, feel, and you, then I you came feel back. You, like you're not proud of the and, time you um, spent on your phone. I was like out in the woods for like three days without, without my phone and it felt great. So, mm. oh, it's absolutely terrifying. But there's actually this cool thing where you can schedule posts on Instagram now. That must have freaked you studio. out though, because like the business was running still. Facebook, but it's on your desktop. So you, you can, you can schedule posts. For oh, your really? Timeline. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, Instagram Creator Studio or Facebook Creator Studio? Of course. Oh, when I was in the bush, but, no one Okay, was so you're it, not actively responding to DMs and or responding to comments, or you have somebody who does that for you? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, most most of them is just people asking for a Damn, so you let, the con you let message messages go for three days for being a, unanswered. For a post, but yeah. A free post. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I see it in Isn't myself. Isn't that funny, too, to see, like, I'm, people asking I've, for a I've post? Like, you kind of, like, get a, a glimpse on that, like, selfish desire. Well, so I never think badly of like, them. Like, ah. um, if someone is a genuine uh, message, a DM asking for something, uh, then I always yeah, hit them up. And I try to do the same. Always. Same here. Same here, my friend. That's absolutely admirable. You struck me as the guy who uh, who could recognize when somebody means the right thing because the content that you curate and your team curates and creates is cut from that same cloth man and i've always loved what you've done on socials like it's always been inspiring and i always like it i'm one of the first people to like it every time you post it so thanks for all the work you do and, thanks, and talking really, about really persistence that. and, and, and being honest you, about how you, you approach it as a great musician and also knowledgeable about all the stuff you have like a great 
you're in a great position now to share that with people because this is like really valuable information for for musicians to know and, and and to work on it yeah yo that's totally absolutely yep, that's sure. real yeah I, yeah we're all just chopping away now creating things and putting them out into the world but hey i'm stoked to hear that those tracks you put out too cool thanks daniel a lot of the concepts mentioned here within Sam's and I conversation. Uh, and first of all, thank you, Mr. Sam Blakelock, for your time and for the great contribution you've had to our generation of guitar players. Seth Godin's book, We Are All Weird, talks a lot about the concept we're talking about here, which is like we're going to have a lot of like distilled sources in which everybody gets their content from, i.e. YouTube, Instagram, Google, Facebook, Amazon. But that's going to allow for the most niche possible. Like you're, you're allowed to now like grow your own audience and be a hundred percent you. You just don't have a hundred percent of the pie anymore. But you might have a fifteen percent of the pie that's huge, and they're going to love you. And you can make a full time living on it, just being yourself, and just loving what you do and being the best version of yourself. Um, very much so, like Mr. Buck Owens, who's playing right now. This is a song called "Roll Out the Red Carpet." This is the happiest country music you could ever listen to. I really do suggest you go get into some Buck Owens right now because he's my spirit animal. He was himself. He was a businessman. He changed the music that he participated in forever, and he made happy music. That and he died on the last day that he played music ever. He was actually going to go home. He said he wasn't feeling it that night. And then as he was walking to his one of his many Cadillacs that he owned in the parking lot to drive back home to his ranch, a couple that was coming to see him play saw him in the parking lot. And they said, Buck, we traveled, you know, 12 hours to come and see you. We're real excited to see you. And he said, oh, fuck it. I'll go play. And he died that night. Died the night after that gig. Had a heart attack. Died doing what he loved. That got deep real fast. Wasn't trying to talk about death. But still, hope you all enjoy yourselves. Stay positive. Do what you do. Put it out in the world, share it, be persistent, have patience, have positivity, and be a smart person. Stay happy, stay cosmic. Talk to y'all later.